Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. And I'm not just talking about this podcast. Welcome to the show. That is the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's right, your Arizona Coyotes defeated the Nashville Predators in four games. Welcome to Desert Dogcast, guys. Five for Howling and SB Nation's official Arizona Coyotes podcast. I'm Rob Leonio, joined by Carl Pavlik and Rose Ford. It's a good day for hockey, guys. Arizona, now to the playoffs. How does it feel? Woo! Awesome. <laughs> anyway, finally, finally, we get to have some playoff hockey after eight years. Yeah. Yeah, ever since the LA Kings eliminated the Coyotes from the Western Conference Final. Thank you, Brad Richardson. <laughs> was on that team. Yeah. But you know what? We forgive him. It's very fitting that he got the game winner on this one. Um, it it's weird because it this whole postseason's strange. Like, I don't know if I feel any different being in this next round than I would be if the Coyotes had just won a first round. It feels almost the same to me. But it is great that we won. I am very happy about that. Very excited for what's next. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be really exciting just because you know obviously I. I, I mean, I've been following this team now just only for a few years now, but the seeing what you, you know, the, what the Coyotes have been going through over the and having them finally get that playoff spot, and it, I think, it, yeah, we were saying eight years, and I think someone said over what three thousand days or something like that. Someone really yeah, put it that, that level. Was Greg Wyshynski from ESPN actually tweeted that it was like something like three thousand fourteen days. Oh my god! Is- you, if you put it in that perspective, it just sounds like such a long time. It is so drawn out. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, again, that's eight, for, like over eight years. Yeah, gotta definitely gotta have. Like gotta have for me. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, when I was uh, twenty-four. It was very different time writing about Arizona Coyotes hockey, like just in general. Um, I don't think that that number does justice to what the Coyotes franchise has been through, through the legal battles, through multiple ownership groups, uh, heck, even leading up to the series with General Manager Chaka quitting. The Coyotes franchise has been through so much, and it's great that the team is rewarding the fan base and the team is being rewarded with this trip to the playoffs. And, you know, someone asked me um, about the state of the Coyotes and what what, what I think, uh, where they're at right now. And I told them, you know, not too long ago, I was like, you know, if you asked me last week, I would have said they're in a, they're, they're in a pretty tough spot. With the, with, like, like you were saying, with, with, uh, with Chica leaving and with, you know, with, with how they played in the exhibition game and everything, it's just like, you know, let's just kind of, you know, Get a get in a reset on this one, and go from it. But they fought in this series, and it was ex- I was I was pretty excited throughout most most of the games, all four games. And uh, as we can get into this series, guys, Darcy Kemper, I can say I'm pretty sure we can all agree is pro- is undoubtedly this series MVP for the Arizona Coyotes. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
yeah. without a doubt. And, and I think we are going to give Kemper a lot of praise, and he did do a lot. Uh, I feel like the team did step up in front of him in a lot of ways too, uh, especially this past game where we had scoring from Michael Grabner, uh, Phil Castle, Jordan Osterley, Brad Richardson. That That's not necessarily who you're expecting to get offense from. Uh, so I don't want to take anything away from those guys either, but yeah, Kemper is, was astonishing throughout this entire series. Yeah, he did an exceptional job. Um, according to Arizona is, Arizona Coyotes PR, Darcy Kemper finishes the qualifying round with 152 saves, uh, faced 163 shots, which gives him a, nine, a .933 save percentage and a 2.77 goals against average in four games. Definitely, definitely right there among the best goaltenders in this postseason so far. I mean... I, I, I got to look at, you know, maybe, you know, some of the other goaltenders that would match him at least so far. Um, I could say Carey Price maybe, but. Well, quick, real quick, how many saves did uh, Darcy Kemper make again? 152. Okay. Okay, let me see. It was... 152 saves on 163 shots. Okay. So just to put things in perspective, I'm looking at Soros' um, saves, 124. <laughs> so Darcy Kemper had to make almost a game's worth of saves more than his competition. That is crazy. Oh, he definitely stole those series. Yes. Uh, especially, I was I, I'm, I was looking at uh, advanced stats because I'm 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 not, I'm not the always the biggest in advanced stats, and but I always like looking at it when there's something to be said, and the expected goals against for Darcy Camper. So like what probably uh, is said, yeah, could have been is eight point three three, and I mean. See, then that's throughout the entire series. So that's eight goal, like eight point three three goals in the entire series. If you think about it, over the amount of, again, as we were saying, over the amount of shots that he that, that he faced, even then, like he's proven to be a, <laughs> very very valuable. Yeah, it's um, when Antiranta uh, went down with an injury. Like just before the first game of that back, or during the first game of that back-to-back, it was kind of scary to to wonder if if Kemper would push himself too much doing a back-to-back and then another game on Friday, and he won both of those games while having to put up with Nashville just peppering him throughout the entirety of both first periods. It. The fact that the team was able to come back is astonishing and is a testament to Darcy Kemper just being like, all right, these these 20 minutes are me, guys. You guys get the other 40. I, I'll probably get another 20 in there, but but yeah, crazy. Yeah, and you know another thing, too, is just looking throughout this entire series, um, a lot of people, what a lot of people were concerned about was 
um, either a slow start or allowing Nashville to catch up and everything like that. Overall, with the on ice, the like, uh, of course, Darcy can preside with the on ice look of the Coyote, that Coyotes did. How would you guys grade them? Because obviously, from my my own perspective, there was those periods where they looked really sloppy, and there and I questioned what are they doing here to be honest and but then they would go pick it up again and have you know a spurt of like they'd have a great penalty kill or you'd get um a shorty uh, from grabner Grabner, you know something like that like you'd see some of these unexpected things so i what do you guys think that these on ice i think uh craig morgan coined it best when he called it the ropa yote uh i love it (laughs) That is a great wordplay, but but yeah, it, it felt like Arizona for long stretches of this were either not in control at all or they were just telling themselves, all right, there's a storm. We're going to weather that storm, and once we're done with that, we're going to kick back in. Like Especially the second period of um, the second game, it looked like we could not get out of our own zone for 15 straight minutes. Well, that was the game we lost. True. <laughs> but um, yeah. honestly, it was the, it was generally the first periods where they didn't look so great. And I don't know if that has to do with the early start times of being in the bubble life. But, um, yeah, they would always pick it up in the second period and, and run with it. Almost always. And you were right. There was definitely, like, those key moments, like a good penalty kill, um, the occasional good power play, uh, but or just like even like the first goal that OEL had. That that first goal, any time in like the last game where they just put the fourth line out, that seemed to just be like, okay, we're going to turn on the energy right now. Oh, that fourth line was great. Vinny Hinnestrosa had a really excellent game today. Yeah. Hinnestrosa, who didn't start the series, um, and Michael Grabner, who I think everyone has been talking about it for a while. It seemed like he may not even come to the like to the bubble. Uh, I think he was rumored to be an opt out or, or considering it. He was considering opting out because he wasn't sure how much he was going to play. Because yeah. all during the season, he kept getting healthy scratched. And he, I have not seen him look this good since before his eye injury. Like, he was great yeah. out there. The Grabner we know and love is back. He can yeah. do the short, uh, shorthanded breakaway goal again. <laughs> Which, I mean, it makes sense. If you guys were following his Twitter page during the, during the timeout, like, he was just constantly working out and getting in shape or more in shape. Not gonna say that Michael Grabner has ever not been in shape compared to me, but it, he took like the necessary steps to 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 write his game. Um, hopefully, that's going to continue for the rest of the playoffs, and hopefully, it'll continue into next year. Uh, I don't know how much his eye is going to be something that he can, you know, play around, but he he looked great. Yeah, he seems to be doing it okay now. Yeah. And I mean, one of the other things, too, that I think you mentioned, Rose, before um, when we were previewing this series was 
talking about how every all of these players, not just Gravner, but you know, your like like your Phil Kessels and everyone who kind of faced some sort of injury or set kind of setback course of the season got them the chance to get that fully healthy. And that's what we saw this series, a fully healthy Coyotes team. And it, and it was something that was pretty awesome to see. I don't know the last, well, we didn't even see a fully healthy Coyotes team because we didn't have Nick Schmaltz. I don't know when we've seen a fully healthy Coyotes team. Like, in the ever. past <laughs> ever um the team has struggled with injuries fairly consistently which is normal for hockey but it, like it's been ridiculous yeah every time someone gets healthy like someone else goes down or someone's been struggling with injuries throughout this entire season uh, i think the same was true of oel um and he also had a really good uh, series too uh Finished with how many? Like what? Two assists, one goal. Let me see. Oh, one goal, three assists. I'm sorry, I'm shortchanging him. There we go. How dare you? I I know. He may be the team leader in points. Let me confirm. Yep, uh, he is one of four players tied with four points. The other being Taylor Hall, Phil Kessel, and Clayton Keller. The usual suspects. Yeah, the players who we would expect to see at the top of the list. The ones you'd you'd you'd, you'd hope they would. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, the, like it was a question in the season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for Connor Garland to to start getting up there because he's got he's got the one goal, not a bad series by any means. Um, I think he wasn't as visible as we've come to expect him to be. Yeah, he wasn't quite the X factor I thought he was going to be. Yeah, he did I mean, he, that one game though. Yeah, I I I think it even goes beyond. Of course, you know your goals and assists. It's all about the presence on your ice and. Connor Garland had a bit of that, so yeah. Yeah, he was he was a pest to the other teams. And also, we have to remember that for a lot of these guys, this is their first time in the playoffs. Like, if the Coyotes drafted you and your name is not Oliver Ekman Larson, this is your first time in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Um, so, Christian Dvorak. Connor Garland, Clayton Keller, Lawson Krauss, and even Osterley all got their first playoff goals yeah. in this series. And they are playoff goals because these stats do count as playoffs. See, this even is like, if people don't consider the qualifying round playoffs. Yeah, that's why it's weird that they're like, they're like, oh, the Coyotes are officially in the playoffs. Don't don't worry about all those playoff points. We're just. <laughs> well, I mean, it's pandemic playoffs. What are you going to do? Yeah, it there had to be a line drawn in some way, and it it's not about what the fans think because these numbers also have a major impact on guys' contracts. So I'm sure there was a lot of negotiating into what do what do these stats count for? And 
I mean, that a lot, a lot of that is because of performance bonus reasons and other X amount of things. Because you, you can't count – you wouldn't be able to count these points as regular season because not all 31 teams are in. So it's – and – of course, and, and a lot, a lot of people are saying it's not the playoffs yet because you're not in the field of 16. So they had to put it somewhere, and they're like, "Well, it's postseason, so it's playoff stats." Yeah, and to show you how much that can make a difference, uh, Jack Eichel a while back, um, more than three years ago. Here's a nice headline for you. Sabres Jack Eichel misses out on $2 million bonus by average of .005 points per game. Good Lord. Yeah. Wow. I, I can only imagine how frustrating something like that would be. $2 million for less than a percentage. That is insane. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting though to see how that works, like how how all the performance bonus stuff is, is going to work with this season specifically. Because obviously, they're like we said, we went to the they went to the postseason directly, and only really seventy one games played or whatever in the regular season. How does that factor into what some of these performance bonuses? things played into place i don't i don't know i have to look into that again because that's that's a whole nother that's a whole nother topic yeah but, the playoffs aren't anywhere near close to done they're just getting started yeah we've got the uh the uh the field of 16 the the, the official first round starts early next week after the conclusion of the qualifying round in the round robin, which should be Monday or Sunday. Yeah, all the games should be played out by Sunday. Um, And then the second half of the draft lottery runs on Monday. Which top, which uh, really good team is going to get Alexi Lafreniere? I don't even want to think about it. Well, it's not going to be the Coyotes. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Which means uh, Ottawa, or not Ottawa, New Jersey gets our pick as part of that Taylor Hall trade because it's not going to be the first uh, overall. Right. I saw a lot of people confused about that. Um, and, and no, the first over or the first round pick this year is lottery protected. So that's why we needed to wait and see. It's the other what? pick that's uh, associated with the team making the playoffs or not. Right. It was the, the possible second round slash third round, possibly first round. The third to second to first, depending on the scenarios. That's the one that's in question. Yeah. These, every time I hear these trade conditions, I guess, like, not that I get confused with them, it's just they get so much, they've been getting so much more complex lately. Well, you don't have to worry about that with the next CDA. Yeah, I was gonna say that's ended. Like we can't get those anymore. These are the last ones. They might as well call it the Taylor Hall clause of the CBA. <laughs> uh, yeah, very true. 
I, I am sure he is glad to finally not be on a team that is hunting for the first overall pick. Yeah, he's probably like, oh, so this is what it feels like to be on a playoff team. Yeah. We we gave Darcy credit a lot of earned or Darcy Camper a lot of earned credit. Taylor Hall had a phenomenal series and he looked like he was having the time of his life out there. I don't think you could have dragged him away if you if you had to. Like if ah, not even gonna say anything. Um, but he he was having a blast. He was getting into it. He was scoring. Oh, it was beautiful. And the, the 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 funny thing that a lot of people are mentioning too that it happened to have been on Edmonton's home ice, of course, which was you know where Taylor Hall had his early early bits of his career. A lot of or a lot of Oilers fans are looking around and being like, "Man, why why did we trade him again for Adam Larson?" <laughs> they uh, didn't like that when it happened. Come on now. <laughs> that's true. Everyone was like, "That's dumb. Why why would you do that?" <sighs> There's a reason why uh, the GM, that GM is no longer there. Yeah, but there's also... No, no, no. In, no, no, no. We're not going to speak that into existence. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, one of those rumors that uh, never seems to die, and I don't understand it. Doesn't then, have any bases either. Yeah. It's always... Lick a sense. It's always from the NHL, too, and it's like, what does the NHL have to do with the Coyotes GM? They don't own us anymore. They don't have a say. This is 2010. The NHL isn't allowed to tell us what to do. Other than, you know, the times they tell us what to do because they're the NHL. But they don't get to tell us extra things to do. The NHL only gets to tell you the things that they can, they're allowed to tell any other team. Yeah. They're not signing paychecks. Anyways, let's talk a little about some of these other series that are that, that that's been going on. Okay. The uh, couple let's just other say, upsets. Let's just say the NHL this postseason has been chaos. Chaos is a really good description for it. Upset city, both five seeds eliminated. Of course. And what's funny is in the last uh, episode in which, uh, in which we had Sean Smith on, and I again want to thank him for coming on, might have him on in a future episode or the next episode. But uh, I, I think really any, all of us pretty much said Chicago, Montreal, they shouldn't even be here. <laughs> I, I think I may have said Edmonton losing in Edmonton would be the most Edmonton thing. Uh, and yeah. I stand by that. That's not a good reason for making a prediction of a hockey series, but... But it so, worked. It, it worked. worked, yeah. Dumber things have contributed to a hockey team losing, so... Although, I, I, one thing I did tweet, though, and... Uh, it's a somewhat of a relevant part to the Blackhawks eliminating the Edmonton Oilers is I said, lesson learned, never count out Jonathan Tays in the postseason. 
Yeah, I don't know why anyone would do that. He is just so sad. I, I was. Connor, I, I, Connor is leading with nine points, and he's got five goals, including a hat trick, and he still can't get past the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, That's just tragic. I feel really bad. We're gonna look back at this and be like, we all laughed at Taylor Hall's career, and uh, we probably should have just immediately taken him away from the Edmonton Oilers and moved him anywhere else. You said Taylor Hall when you meant Connor McDavid, right? I did, yes, yes, Connor McDavid. We did take Taylor Hall. (laughs) Yes. Connor McDavid is probably looking at Taylor Hall and be like, I would would stay in New Jersey for two years. That's fine. Uh, Get me out of here. I'll, I'll go to New Jersey. I'll be a devil. They're not in it either, Carl. <laughs> yeah, but just in general, I feel like New Jersey is probably going to win the cup before Edmonton. It's like probably some kind of curse is on there, right? It has to be. Probably. We just haven't named it yet. Uh, as soon as we do, it'll be there. If only Gretzky... If only they hadn't won after Gretzky left, that would have been the perfect time to name it. Curse of the Bambino, Curse of the Great One. If it's. I could see it. I just want to point out for all the Phil Kessel haters this year that um, Phil Kessel has more playoff points. He's got four playoff points. He's got more than Alex Galchenyuk, Max Domi, and Dylan Strom combined. <laughs> How many does uh, Domi have? None. Ah. Galchenyuk at this time, also has none. And Dylan Strom has one. Ooh, good for Dylan. Dylan got that goal, right? He got a goal, I'm going to say. Yeah, he got that goal that bounced off of Mike Smith's butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was like, which goal was it? That, 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 there, there we go. Uh, there Mike we go. Smith and butt goals. <laughs> yeah, he just can't stop. Yeah. Uh. When that goal happened, I texted a friend of mine and told her, you know, Dylan Strom just scored his first playoff goal on Mike by bouncing, ricocheting it off Mike Smith's butt. And I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, I was really hoping that Mike Smith could, like, come back and return to form and just become, like, a terrifying specter for the Chicago Blackhawks fans because he was in net when we beat him in that series so long ago if he could have done it like again that would just be glorious mike smith is going to have a very interesting reputation when he retires but if he could have been like the chicago blackhawk playoff killer amazing yeah but you know you know the funny thing is i was actually talking with uh, with a couple friends of mine about this about that at edmonton chicago series and they're talking about going into game two there's a reporter who asked dave tippett who's going to be in goal and he kind of murmured and like under his own breath that koskinen's going to be in that like he was very upset mike my, my response is ah, tippett's just reminiscing on his glory days of when he and mike smith went to the Eastern Conference Finals eight years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, Western Conference Finals eight, eight years ago. And then, there, there, um, I mean, it almost seems that way. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, Mike Smith has the playoff experience compared mm-hmm. to Miko Koskinen. 
I mean, that's awesome. Like the, I don't know. Play, playoff experience is the reason why they, why the Rangers put in Henrik Lundqvist when I thought they were going to put in uh, Igor Sturkin because he is the better goaltender. But no, then look, Rangers get swept. Yeah. I feel like the Rangers are the only team where everyone accurately was like, "Yeah, they don't deserve to be here." Um. And- well, I actually called them against called for them against the Hurricanes, so I uh, lost that one. Yes, you. I remember because... Because um, I thought their goaltending would be good. I thought it would have been a better fight if Igor Shosturkin started that for, that game one. But uh, Let's see. Uh, Hurricane 3-2, Hurricane 4-1, Hurricane 4-1. I'm not blaming the goaltending. Uh, I'm blaming the lack of offense. I mean, I, I mean, I saw some of some of the uh, plays where you just see some of the Rangers players kind of fall fall flat, and it's like, well, that's yeah, yeah. That, there's there's a reason why you guys are losing. Yeah, yeah. the reason is Sebastian Ajo made mincemeat out of the Rangers defense, and I should have taken Rangers defense into account, and I did not, and that was my fault. <laughs> or Sebastian Ajo into account. He had a hell of a coming out party tonight. This series, didn't he? Yeah, uh, there's a there's a lot of players that I think we're gonna look back and be like, oh, yep, this is where they started oh, showing what they are. Off too. Which one of them got the hat trick? Which one? What was it? Svechnikov or Aho that got the hat trick for Carolina? Same night, Connor McDavid got his hat trick. Uh, I think it was Aho. I want it. Was I can't remember. We're talking now close to days ago. Days. <laughs> I know. And, and you know, in 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 today's hockey, it's hard to remember days ago because there's six games a day. Also, we're still all on quarantine time. Like days are occasionally months ago. <laughs> this is true. Uh, I mean, what was it? Pierre Luc Dubois hit in Columbus. Got a hat trick. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable the other night. Yeah. And Seth Jones with that great goal. I I wonder how Nashville feels about letting him go. Not saying that like Ryan uh, Johansson is is bad at all, but he is developing into quite the defenseman. Actually it's Nashville. They don't need more defensemen. No, they don't. They need some offense, apparently. <laughs> Yeah. Apparently. And Matt Duchesne remains cursed. I feel so bad for him. Oh. Giant, he, he wants to go to a team that's going to win, but then when he goes to that, they just end up the not losing. Like it's... <laughs> See, you don't go chasing waterfalls. You stick to the rivers and streams you're used to. There you go. It was Svechnikov who got the hat trick. It was Svechnikov, okay. Yeah. And that was the first hat trick in franchise postseason history for the Hurricanes. Nice. Does that also include their history as the Whalers? It does, because it said franchise history. Ah, cool. I mean, it's not like the Whalers ever did much. (laughs) We... Besides, pick up Gordy Howe, like when he is fifty, 
and what draft Brendan Shanahan. And that was four days ago. <laughs> uh, I, I I say this a lot. We look back now nostalgically at the Hartford Whalers, and I don't think that would be the case if they were still around. I don't think anyone would care about them. I mean, uh, yeah, that's true because look at what we're doing now with uh, Inside the Glass art. Like the Inside the Glass's intro is the the Hartford Whalers goal songs. Uh, good times, good times. And I've I've been doing that for a long time because it never gets old. If they were and like you were saying, if they were still playing, if they were still existing, I'd probably get tired of it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, do we want to run down some of the other series? Yeah, um, we didn't really go too much into the Montreal one where we meant, kind of barely mentioned it, but that's another like another one where we where I said they don't even deserve to be here, and I laughed at it, and then uh, goalie's gonna goalie is what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, just just like we were saying, we were talking about with Darcy Kemper, and I, and I mentioned Carey Price being another one who just showed up. Yeah, Carey Price really showed up. <laughs> Carey Price is going to be amazing in playoff uh, until he is like 45. He he seems like that type of player. As long as he makes the playoffs, which, yeah, you know. Getting there, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. That will be tough. Uh, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice uh, day where both Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby get to go home. We were coming. It was going to get very close to Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Matthews. Austin Matthews and Austin Matthews leaving, but that game also turned itself on its head. <laughs> that is an interesting series that I don't even want to talk about now because it's not done, and it is one that you are going to need the full five games to properly contextualize. Well, yeah, because they just forced it to five games. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. Like the story of that series is going to be told by that last game. If it if Toronto loses, it's going to be chaos. If Toronto wins, it's going to be like, oh yeah, no, they stuck it out. They they hung in there after experiencing another three zero collapse. Uh, they they found a way to dig in there and win. Uh, but if they lose in game five, that's all That's all over. No one's going to talk about that. Something I would absolutely love to see, uh, and I I mean, I picked Columbus to win that series, but it lo- what I would love to see just for the sheer entertainment is for s- somehow Toronto goes up against Boston again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that is one matchup I will never get tired of, Toronto and Boston in the playoffs. Regular season, don't care. Playoffs, absolutely. I'm going to watch that. Because we know it's going to go to seven games every time. I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing Toronto go up against Tampa Bay, too. That'd be interesting. Yeah, just to see what would happen. (laughs) Actually, one one thing I do want to mention and do want to talk about because now I remember some of these round-robin games, and some of the round-robin games weren't great, and I kind of almost didn't care about them. I think very few people cared about them. But the Colorado game against St. Louis, 
it was unbelievable. Yeah, so Colorado's looking pretty good. Colorado's looking looking phenomenal. I think they're just running. They're they're like just plowing everyone down. St. Louis gave them a was was the only tough game, which literally came down to the last tenth of a second. But and then they beat the Stars four zero. That's I'm not liking anyone who we can potentially match up against. Yeah, well, the Arizona is now two potential matches is with either with Colorado or with Vegas. So you got yeah. their round robin game is tomorrow, and whoever loses that game is going to be matched up with Arizona because the winner of that round round robin game is we'll going to be matched up with Chicago. That's just no fair. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, Montreal gets the winner of tomorrow's Tampa Flyers game. Flyers have been good this um, this post. The Flyers have been scary good. Uh-huh. I'm not just saying that because uh, my boss is a Flyers fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Flyers I, have been good. I hate Flyers. Hey, remember, uh, Sean kind of called it that last episode. You said that the Flyers are going to be really good. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, these the, these series have been absolutely insane. I think uh, I've got almost most of them wrong, except with the exception of the Arizona series. And well, I think that's oh, and the and the Hurricanes, yeah, oh. Hurricanes. I've I've gotten most of them wrong as well, except for uh, the Arizona series. And I think I got the Islanders one right. And I don't know yet about my Toronto losing call or the Minnesota-Vancouver call. I think I picked Minnesota, and they're up 2-1 right now. Yeah, I picked... uh... I'm sorry, Van leads the series 2-1. The Wild is up 2-1 in the current game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The one we haven't talked about that I don't remember picking uh, Cal- Calgary and Winnipeg. I yeah I I picked. Uh, yeah no I picked Winnipeg. <laughs> I picked Winnipeg. That did not go well. Uh, Winnipeg's offense just disappeared. Oh. Well, it didn't help that both Patrick Laine and Mark Shifley were injured. True. Very true. You can blame the Flames' uh, physicality a lot for that. I remember years ago, people were like, Winnipeg has become a perennial cup challenger. And then the next year, it's like, no, no, it's not. Yeah, I, I, I remember because I was like going through some of the pre uh, playoff stuff about Winnipeg, and I'm like, these guys are poised to make damage. And then I think, you know, they either lose in the first or second round, they make it to the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago, lose to Vegas, and then. After that, I'm just like, I don't think they're really going to go that far. And Well, I feel like people figured out how to defend against Lenny, uh, better at least, and his, he's starting to regress a little bit. But when he was like 44 goals, like it's tough to not look at that and be like, that's going to be something. And then it just kind of, you know. Plus also, Connor Hellebuck can only do so much. True. 
He's no Darcy Kemper. No, he's not. <laughs> he can't carry a team that much. He definitely yeah. did carry them some, but but not a, not enough. His back eventually broke. I'm trying to carry them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, this first round, like we were saying, has just been up. It's just been phenomenal. It's been chaos. It's just been oh, all over the place. I'm seeing a lot of calls for this to be uh, a thing from from now on, which is interesting. You mean for, the 24 team? Yeah, out? yeah, like the play-in round. I can see it become a thing, maybe after a couple more expansion teams. I don't know, but I mean, well, okay. People like to complain that oh, half the teams already get in. Well, 16 teams were getting in when they were still 21 teams. So that was more than half the teams then. Yeah. So Four teams were getting in when there were six. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I do remember there, there's been calls for like something a little bit more of the wild card. The wild card spots were, were a good addition and people were like, let's, let's do more of that. Give me more. I like it. But the reason to do it is to get the gate. And I think it becomes problematic when you include travel. True. If you maybe did hub cities for the playing round and then everybody traveled, maybe it would be different. But then you wouldn't get the gates for the playing round unless you're a hub city. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to there's, there's a lot to that. Um, but I think one of the things a lot of people do want, like, still want to get rid of, is those divisions. Yes. Especially if they're gonna still move us to central. <laughs> yeah. I nice to get those. You know, I've been really thinking about the whole that division thing, and obviously, I, st I still think the whole central thing is is uh, is BS. And I and I've been trying to come up with other options. Obviously, the biggest option that most people agree with is you know the simplest is just move Edmonton and Calgary and bring in uh, Colorado. But I, I I've thought of so many other options that you can do, but it's just. It it, it it gets it, it, that's where it just gets hectic, and you got to really figure out what. You could just do conferences instead of divisions. Yeah, if you just eliminate divisions altogether, it, it doesn't. But you could just only, go ahead. The only thing I, I understand about divisions is the uh, creating an ease of travel, mm -hmm. right? And that's and that's why the you know. Yet the Pacific Division, how it's all pretty much centrally located there, the Central Division, they're all pretty close, right? And obviously, there are a couple that are not. And I think once Arizona moves over, it's going to be even more difficult. Um, but yeah, Central is really spread out already. Yeah. Adding Arizona into it is just ridiculous. And that's and that's why one of the things I was looking at was doing like four team divisions. So have four divisions in each conference yeah craig morgan had a post on az coyotes insider about that yeah i think what was it like you had the canadian division you had the pacific division like southwest central yeah. mm -hmm. something like that that That's was a good that, was, that, that was a good one um so if anyone wants to see that you can go to craig morgan's site to see um see that obviously you have to be a subscriber but um you can go ahead and read what he what his proposal is and i think it's a fan, fantastic proposal I think that we could just wait five years and people aren't going to care about the Battle of Alberta again. 
because <laughs> that was another goalie fight. Yeah, that happened before. There was like twenty years where no one was talking about the Battle of Alberta except for like Calgary and Edmonton fans who treat it like it's the biggest rivalry in sports. And then all of a sudden it came back, and they're like, "Yeah, see, it's it's important." And it's like we're I mean, not going to care five years from now. Obviously, they've never been to an ASU U of A game. Yeah, <laughs> which one? Basketball, football, or hockey? Doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it, it really doesn't. Um, the rivalry, that rivalry is absolutely intense, no matter which way you slice it. But nothing um, but I yeah. love more than going down to Tucson Roadrunner games in my ASU shirt. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that doesn't end well for you. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that is a fun experience. I have done that before, wearing an ASU ACHA championship shirt, and uh, they did not like that. I have that jersey, too. Nice. Good old ASU hockey. You know, I... I I would I would try to chirp back, but U of A doesn't even have a uh, a championship to their name yet, let alone a NCAA team. So, still still grinding out in the ACHA. No, no shame in that. Uh, I I was watching a lot of Sun Devils games when they were an ACHA team. Hey, the uh, before Carl, the pandemic, U of A teams. Yeah, they're they're JV team, whatever. But the U of A came close. I mean, they were going to go to the championship tournament but this you know, year yeah yeah but pandemic. pandemic they were really good that I aside mean, though it's easy when your rival is no longer your, your rival because they've advanced beyond you <laughs> ouch man sorry <laughs> sorry rob you are outnumbered tonight <laughs> i mean i'd kind of expect that being the only one from tucson in this uh in this podcast so <laughs> It's it's all friendly now that we've advanced beyond. We don't even really care about it. U of A anymore. See, it, see the rivalry is only. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I only want U of A to get an NCAA team so we can get those rivalry games back. Does uh do they have a women's ACHA team? Who? Because ASU uh, does. ASU does. Does U of A? No. Because that'd be cool if we can get that competition. I mean, let's 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 remember here. Arizona only has one. Tucson has only one sheet of ice. What else are they supposed to do? This is true. Drive to Gilbert. Yeah, but Arizona. U of A already does that for different practices before the Roadrunners ice is even made. So, yeah. That when I learned that, they're like. Every single time they need to practice, they drive to Gilbert. That is two hours each way. That is ridiculous. Sometimes Chandler, from what I remembered, but oh, Chandler Gilbert, it's all, it's all the same. It's all the it's same. All, yeah, it's all the same. That's why the community college is Chandler Gilbert Community College. There you go. I, have you guys been following the the Vancouver Minnesota series? I, I feel I, like I haven't seen much about it. As I mentioned, I, I think I mentioned this into the in the previous episode, but this that that was the series I was the most disinterested in. Mm-hmm. I kind of just didn't care because, like, I never cared about Vancouver in the first place, and it ha- happens to have been against Minnesota, who everyone forgets even exists. 
I feel bad for Minnesota. They're just uh, boring. Um, yeah, boring. You said it best. No one remembers them. Yeah, pretty much. But it's it's exciting though because now we have again like now most of these team most of these series are close to done and or or are already done, and uh, we're seeing the field expand of teams that could potentially draft Alexi Lafreniere. And thankfully, the Coyotes are not included in that list this time. Very nice. Yeah, but now we now we had the potential of uh, Connor McDavid be skating alongside Lafreniere or Sidney Crosby skating alongside him. I, we just, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> let's just not have that happen. Can, there, can we make a rule or something? Yeah. I mean, we know we know naturally the you know NHL draft lottery rule is always going to put preferential treatment towards Edmonton or yeah. Edmonton. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'm looking at all of the teams that are going to be in that. Uh, and the teams that I'm happiest with drafting him would be either Florida or or Nashville. No, not even Nashville because we're going to be in their division soon. Florida. Florida needs to get the, the first overall pick. That would be, see who, that would be okay. I'd be okay with that. The, yeah, yeah, like if wh- whoever wins this Canucks Wild series, I don't think I'd remember after a while. Uh, Vancouver they're coming up. I don't. They don't need more talent. With uh, with, with Pedersen and Besser and Hughes and whoever else is on there, I'm and blanking. I, but and I don't remember who's on the Wild. Uh, other than Parisi and Suter. And Fiala. Devin Dubnik. And, and Dubnik. Dubnik. Yeah. And Matt Dumba. Yeah, Dumba. Uh, I think I saw that Suter was actually a scratch for tonight's game, which is astonishing, because I'm pretty sure he still has 10 years left on his contract. <laughs> Sounds about right. Let me uh, look that up because I'm probably not far off. Maybe it's 30 years. <laughs> uh, real quick, we are going to Ryan Suter's contract breakdown. For those who do not remember the previous lockout, uh, Suter and Parisi signed identical $13.98 million deals, as you do. Uh, he has... Five years left, or five seasons left. And his cap hit is going to be $7.5 million. Damn, Minnesota. That is uh, beautiful. Love it. I mean, I guess it could be worse from some of the contracts that are being handed out now. Uh Bobrovsky would be the only thing that I can think would be worse. How, wait, how, how much? It's $10 million, right? That's what he's getting? I believe so. 
yeah, these, what, 10 plus million contracts. I mean, if we really want to go down that route, take a look at, uh, you know, Drew Doughty's. <laughs> I could use a laugh. $11 million cap hit. That's a lot for a guy who used to be the best defenseman in the league. Yeah. Anze Kovatov's getting $10 million. Just looking at some of these. Uh, out of love. With all these cap hits. Actually, just Drew Doughty. Uh, does he have a contract now? Doughty? Yeah, he's on like a eight-year contract of L.A. Yeah, but I think that... Oh, no. Previous contracts. What am I doing? Okay. That's... It's weird. I'm on uh, spot track, and it was weird. Uh, for, ignore me. Completely. Yeah. Scream, ignore me. That's the best way to be ignored. Oh, I just realized Drew Doughty's first year of his contract was this year. <laughs> it's amazing yeah well guys here's a question so uh did keller earn his 7.5 million dollar contract that starts next year next season stay tuned i'm (laughs) i'm not comfortable saying keller earned his uh dvorak earned his uh definitely earned his contract and Even though Keller had more more goals and more points, Just yeah, but Dvorak has lower contract. But Dvorak yeah. is getting paid only a little more than half of what Keller is getting paid. For for people who are upset about the signings that John Shaka did, uh, Christian Dvorak is signed for six years, twenty six point seven million dollars. He has less than four and a half million dollar cap hit. And this is the first year of his contract. And he had a great regular season. He had a really good first series. He's playing on the line with Taylor Hall, looking like he belongs. Steal. <laughs> I agree. Yep. Absolute steal. Yeah. Well, I, I think... He's done pretty well, too. He's only costing one point five three million. Yeah, Kraus is one of those players where I just I feel like his game's not complete yet, and I'm really curious to see what he's going to become. Uh, I felt a very similar way about Christian Fisher for the longest time, but then Christian Fisher stopped evolving as much as Lawson Kraus has, um, in my opinion. I feel like Lawson Krause keeps growing as a hockey player. Christian Fisher is closer to hitting his ceiling, in my opinion. Yeah, and he's an RFA after this season. Yeah. I don't want to like say anything bad about him because I don't think he's terrible. It's just he he stopped growing as a player. I thought he could eventually be like a second line guy, and and I have vastly seen it. Yeah. No. All right, guys, let's go ahead and just move on here. Uh, let's actually go ahead and maybe go around table and say, who would you rather have the Arizona play in the first round? 
Colorado or Vegas? Rose, you go first. Man, that is really, really a tough choice. The Avalanche are a good, fast team. They've got Nathan McKinnon. They've got Cal McCarr. Pavel Francouz apparently is a good goalie. Who knew? I didn't think he was a real person. <laughs> Not a real person. Nice. <laughs> you know, it's just one of them made-up names. Yeah, we're those fake people. You always see them. <laughs> you know, but then again, the Coyotes always have trouble going up against the Golden Knights. They are a heavy four-check team and always seem to outplay them. And of course, there's always Mark Andre Fleury to worry about too. Yeah, that is a tough, tough choice. I think I would actually prefer that the Coyotes go up against the Knights, though, because I want to see the two desert teams going at it. Got to create a name for the rivalry. Yeah, that the is Scorched Earth series. Ooh, that'd be amazing. The- I. Dude, the name I've had for the longest time was the like desert, the desert double down. <laughs> Too much like KFC. No, because because you know, I, yeah, I I I kind of you know mix desert plus double down. You know the uh, like you're going to casino. No, I get you. I get you. Uh, and while I feel that the series against the Golden Knights would cement the Arizona-Vegas rivalry until Arizona changes divisions. I'm going to go with the Avalanche as the as the team to that I want to see us match up against. We had decent results against them during the regular season. 1-1 and 1 was an overtime loss. We were not able to play the third game. Uh, in the past, and I'm not sure if if it's still the case, the Avalanche have always seemed like a team where if you shut down their top people, then you can pretty much shut down their offense. And that's not always going to be the case, and it's tough to shut down that top line. And I think they got a second one now. Uh, But I feel like the Coyotes can bring more defense to that, and that's a better matchup for advancing to the next round. And that's why I'm more concerned about less so the rivalry at this point. You know, I'm really interested to see, even though like I pr- probably won't be much to it, just to see how Arizona responds as they meet up after the, the exhibition game. You know, it, 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 what's the status of Nick Schmaltz? You know, obviously, I, I, I'm not going to expect anyone to go crazy after Ryan Reeves, but you got to you, you, you got to think that. That made a uh, that pushed the rivalry a little bit between the two teams and enough to make a series out of Arizona versus Vegas to be really really interesting. And I think if they play against each other, it definitely will be that way. Um, yeah, and I, I I I'm with you guys in terms of this as being very tough to choose because you can look at it multiple different directions. Um, Both teams, because again, both teams would be also incredibly tough to get to get through because they're both, you know, the top two teams in the conference. But nothing would give me more satisfaction if Arizona prevails to either of these teams for Arizona to knock off the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Oh, that's because you hate Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I need a surrogate team to beat up on the people I hate. I mean, I could... As I mean, a Sharks fan, you're going to your big brother who's, who's younger than you and be like, hey, beat up the bullies. They, they beat up my team. Now I want them to lose. Let's, I mean, let's be fair. I mean, there's like... It's okay, Rob. We know. Yeah. That's a part you know, sharks. My sharks fandom aside, it would still be pretty satisfying. Yeah, it would be, and I do really think that rivalries form in the playoffs, and oh, yeah. that is one of the reasons why we don't necessarily see the geographic rivalries that they always tout as being a thing. It's why no one cares about Minnesota, Winnipeg. It's why we're probably not going to see an instant animosity between Vancouver and Seattle. And it's why, you know, the Coyotes and the Golden Knights, they don't like each other. Uh, they play in the same division, but it's not like a rivalry. If you were to say who's the Golden Knights rivals, you probably go San Jose before anyone else. Uh, that being said, I, I, I care less about the rivalry, more, more about winning. Yeah, well, I don't know that the Coyotes can beat either team. True. Is the problem. Yeah, Yeah, both Both are are incredibly tough. Yeah, both are going to be tough outs. Both are very good teams, and both can play a heavy game like the Coyotes. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens either way. But if I need something to tip tip the scales, yeah, I want to see us take down Vegas. (laughs) The the Coyotes did... um... I don't want to say they're, they're a desert team that needs to be taken down a notch or two. Plus, another, another perspective <laughs> to look at is the the fan perspective. In that being, not that you know, at you like someone currently as a fan, but if there's people here in the Southwest, maybe they're not directly in the Phoenix area, or they're not directly in the Vegas area, but they're getting into hockey. A rivalry game like this between the two desert teams could maybe. Help lean in the direction for somebody on who they're going to choose as a team. Am I going to go Vegas or am I am I going to go Arizona? And that's part of where the whole regional rivalries supposedly come into play. Yeah, but is that more like I don't think anyone in Ariz or in like the major cities, so Flagstaff, uh, Tucson, and Phoenix. They're not going to go Vegas. Um, you would be looking at people in like Sparks, Nevada, who would be interested in that kind of like, hmm, which one should I go with? Um, uh, I see plenty of Vegas stuff around here. Really? Yeah. I could, I, I could even see Prescott Valley being a potential uh, like scale point of what it could go either way. Hmm. Uh, it's been a while since I've been outside, apparently. I... I've seen maybe like three people with Vegas things, but Vegas always kind of struck me as a, a town like Arizona where there's not exactly a lot of like homegrown people. It's a, I mean, let's be, let's be real. The Vegas Golden Knights has established a pretty big fan base after their first season. Yeah, because they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, it's really easy to have fans if you're winning. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So they've had some really nice, you know, successful seasons so far in their three-year history. 
And plus it helps that they were literally the only sports team in town. True. Until now. Now the Raiders are showing up. So, I mean, and yeah, I have seen Vegas stuff down here in Arizona uh, plenty of times. Um, and not just on game days. I've seen it around. I've seen it on, on the highways and whatnot. I was, I've seen it down here in Tucson sometimes. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what that's about or why that person chose Vegas. Or maybe they just wanted something shiny and new. I mean, I'll, 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 very shiny. I'll give a partial reason is I have a, a friend of mine who's a Vegas Golden Knights fan. And his reasoning is because he got into hockey the same year Vegas became a team. So he naturally just gravitated towards that. Okay. So he's been a fan for like three years? Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's been a fan of three years for a team that's made the playoffs all three years. He doesn't understand hockey yet. Uh, wait it's until... It's heartbreak, <laughs> no heartbreak yet. Yeah. Well, last year, we can maybe call heartbreak for that. that. No. 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 No, that's not heartbreak. That is not hockey heartbreak. <laughs> you ask a Leafs fan, or an Ottawa fan, or a Florida or, fan. Or a Coyotes fan. Or a Buffalo fan right now yeah. about hockey heartbreak. You can ask a Buffalo fan anytime. They'd be like, so, so how does it feel to have your sports team be bad? And be like, it's not anything else that I've ever experienced. There's always <laughs> been something bad. But yeah, no. Vegas has had too good a time uh, for for their fans, for my liking. I would like to see them suffer a little bit. Because hockey is all about suffering. Um, I think Justin Bourne uh, did a retweet where he's like, it's really unfortunate that people are conflicted about losing to get the first overall pick. And I was like, hockey fans are allowed to just be happy about something without worrying that everything is going to go wrong immediately. Like, that's not how I experience hockey. <laughs> how anybody experiences hockey. <laughs> <laughs> hockey is like a nervous breakdown waiting to happen where you're like, uh, it's, it's going to get bad sooner or later. And then it's going to be bad for five years. They'll be okay again. Yeah. yeah you're, always, you're always on the edge of your seat when it comes to hockey and your heart rate's going to always going to go up to like, you know, 150. Yeah. Like the, that third goal that Nashville had this past game. Oh, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Thirty-two seconds left. Uh, I almost cried. Uh, I was on the phone with a customer at my day job, and I was like, "I, I can't swear. I can't scream. What am I going to do? Uh, just internalize it." And uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's the worst feeling. That's the worst kind of feeling out there. But just internalizing that pain. I took a late lunch because I had a meeting, so I was at lunch for the third period, getting to watch it, and I was like, no, because now it was going to overtime and I had to go back to work. Yeah, I had I was writing a tweet, getting ready to say, hey, Arizona is moving on, and then I saw it happen, I'm like, all right, save us draft, let's go. Delete, 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 delete. <laughs> like, yeah. And peop some people would get mad at me, he's like, oh, you started writing, and I'm like, you realize sports writers do that. Literally all the time. 
<laughs> I have pre-written tweets uh, and then forgotten to hit tweet when it actually should have gone out. But but yeah, oh. I, I was like, okay, they tied it up. Nashville's gonna win this. Like they tied it up, forgetting that in each game of this series, the team that scored first won. And, and the team that scored four goals. Yeah. That was just a, an interesting thing. And also, another seven-goal game. Yeah. We we called you crazy about that one. <laughs> Still didn't average seven goals per game. Very and true. This would, have, this would have had to have been a ten-goal game for that. I actually did the math. <laughs> Uh, I, w- I was actually thinking about that. I was like, hmm, one of these games we can maybe get eight, we can maybe get nine. Um, <laughs> you would have had, to, okay, if if it had been just four games, the fourth game would have had to have been a 10-goal game. If it had gone to five games, you would have had to get 15 goals between games four and five. I told you, I did the math. See, the Coyotes should just let Nashville score a, a couple more times in that third game. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's how that's supposed to go? No, no. I much, much prefer that they move on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like the, the killer instinct of the third game. I wish we had more of that. Yes. Yes, I would like more repeats of the third game as well. Mm. It was very, very good. How far do you think they can get through the through that first round? They play more like that. Well, they might actually be able to beat Vegas or Chicago or Colorado. Chicago. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah. Colorado. Yeah. Uh I I was not excited for a lot of that stretch i feel like especially second periods and first periods uh were not the coyote strongest suit but i do think that they could if they give it their all win the next series and they might they could it is not outside of the realm of possibility if they were playing like St. Louis, I would not be as confident. Or, uh, I would be. I think they're better than St. Louis. Ooh. Certainly faster. Uh, let me. What's what's a what's a good team that would be like uh, outside of the Coyotes' like realm of possibility of beating? Washington. It's also the playoffs. Anything can happen. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah. yeah, we're talking postseason hockey. We're literally. You know, things have literally turned upside down in the matter of two seconds. Like, yeah, because even Washington got beat out by the Hurricanes last season. I don't know. Maybe the Hurricanes are the team they couldn't beat. Columbus Blue Jackets, for some reason, <laughs> can't beat them. Oh, they're a really good defensive team. That might be the one. I don't know. It depends. Can the Leafs beat them? <laughs> I guess we will find, find out. out. Yeah. As of uh, when most people will be listening to this, it would be as of tomorrow. So, 
and we should uh, hopefully in the next couple of days have a bit more analysis of the series now that it's over on Five for Howling. So make sure to check back for that. Yeah. Plus, we'll bring in a couple guests for uh, any most of our future episodes. Um, I'm planning. As soon as we guests, know what the matchups are going to be. Yep. One of the great things about uh, SB Nation as a whole is most people on the sites are, are pretty cool with each other, and they're happy to jump in and talk hockey. Now, now the, the, the other question is getting maybe anybody from outside the network. That's all about, that's all about who you know. Yeah. Now we're just talking about pot again, so... Yeah, this one will be fine. Pod about pod. But anyways, so uh, it's Rose and I say that Arizona. We want we'd rather have Arizona play Vegas, and you'd rather have Arizona play Colorado. Mm -hmm. Carl, I'll stand by that. Yep. I, I mean, again, we're locking that one in. So, I also don't like Colorado, like in general. So that's that's fine. You guys Fair are enough. trying to start your rivalry with Vegas, and I'm just keeping my my bad blood listen, simmering. Carl, when it comes to hockey, I like lighting things on fire and making chaos happen. So, <laughs> uh, but as so many of these series have taught us, you have no idea where the gasoline is. So just. <laughs> Just let a match and something will blow up. Uh, this is very true. This is very true. Well, I think on that note, we can go ahead and close things off, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Desert Dogcast. We, again, we will have more episodes come through. But to be able to follow those episodes, you can go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, any place you can find a podcast. We're also find all of our listings on fiveforhowling.com if you want to go back and listen to a previous episode. Um, you can follow Desert Dogcast on Twitter at Desert Dogcast. You can follow Five for Howling on Twitter at Five for Howling. All of us hosts, I am at RobLiano1. I'm at Rose Colored Fact. I'm at Carl Pavlock FFH. Go ahead and follow all of us there. And if you want to interact with us, you can you can send us a tweet, send us a message, whatever. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask because we could potentially answer those on a future episode. Once again, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.